have one more that I, you'll well, see I know. on the sheet that's, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is the one that's uh, high. There's like a giant red Sharpie marker circling this, and uh, it says Huntsman Dump. The Third Degree Nerd Podcast. Third Degree. The Third Degree Nerd Podcast. Third Degree. The Third Degree Nerd Podcast. Third Degree. The Third Degree Nerd Podcast. Third Degree the Podcast is brought to you by Soccer 90. Go grab your new 2021 FC Dallas gear at Soccer90.com, including the new FCD Tiro pants. T-shirts and, of course, the beautifully powder blue community kit is available now. Third degree listeners, do not forget your very special people. You get to use the promo code Third Degree to receive twenty-five percent off at checkout. A whole quarter of the price you get off just because you listen and read ThirdDegree.net. Well, hello there, FC Dallas curious fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mighty Third Degree, the podcast. Hi, how you doing? Hope you're enjoying a spring day. My name is Peter, and joining us today are my friends. First from England, Dan. Well, oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, Dan Crook is not here today. You're just getting the twosome. It's me and Buzz holding hands, talking soccer. You know him, you love him. The founder, editor of thirddegree.net, Buzz Carrick. Come in, Buzz. I really thought I was going to have to tell you that reminds you that Dan wasn't here. Nope. <laughs> I told you, you had me get it. You had nope. me. <laughs> I know, but I know Dan is not here. <laughs> And we're having to manipulate <laughs> schedules and record at weird times. Yeah. But, you know, this actually worked out better because we're going to get to talk about games that have happened and things like that that we wouldn't have if we had recorded it when we originally had and normally plan on doing it. And you're not kidding about it being a beautiful day. I was just up in uh, Addison picking up my Dallas Cup stuff, and it's, uh, it's gorgeous out there. Oh, man, the mighty Dallas Cup starts this weekend. It does indeed. It is the best. I, I hope third-degree listeners – take time out of their day every once a year just to go attend one Dallas Cup game somewhere, um, whether it be at Richland or at MoneyGram or up in Frisco. I can't tell you how great it is to be able to walk around from field to field and just check out uh, games. And I know this is going to be a weird year because it's all just American teams, you know, uh, based here in the United States. But even then, I think it'll still be a lot of fun. Plus, I think you're going to get to really take a measure of just how good FC Dallas Academy teams are. Yeah, we've done, I've been doing a series of uh, rosters because, listen, with MLS Next, they don't have any information at all about the teams anymore. So Dallas Cup is the first time I've seen rosters on all these Academy teams. And since goodness, you know, over a year and a half now. So I've been posting little roster snippets with, you know, a who to kind of watch if you're going to go watch any given team, like a name I've heard of or a guy that might be a standout. And if you want to go watch a game, look up one of those rosters and see who you should take a look at. I didn't want to bog down into this, but I will ask you because we've, you know, heard you and other people hype the, the, this one particular Academy team. I think it's the U15s you keep telling us. Is that yes. what it is? Yeah. With uh, Cochran on it? Uh, Cochran actually will not be playing up with the, usually he plays up with that team, um, which is the 2000, he play, usually plays up with the 2005s, which is the bottom of the 17s, which is the really hype team. The team he's actually on is the U15s. He's going back down to play with them with this tournament. Again, a really great team, but Matthew Corcoran is the guy. If you're going to go watch any one guy, go watch that guy. He's a holding mid. Uh, he's the highest ranked midfielder in his class in the country. His parents both played college ball. His dad is a former U17, sort of a friend U17, but a former U17 back in the day. So he's got the pedigree. 
He's, this is as good as a player that has ever come through the academy, and that includes Paxton, and that includes anyone else you want to talk about. Weston? Yeah, he's in wow. that category. This kid's been tracked and, uh, you know, wined and dined and buttered up since he was, you know, 10 by foreign teams. Everybody knows who he is. Wow. All these German clubs, you know, if Dallas is going to want to sign him, it's not going to be cheap. Yeah, that, that's the kind of the maybe this is a conversation for another day, which is if you're Matthew Cochran, do you actually sign with FC Dallas or do you do the Weston McKinney thing and wait for your opportunity to your, you know, 17, 18 to go somewhere overseas? Because I'm assuming he doesn't have a passport option um, like Justin Che did. Yeah, I don't know a passport option, um, but yes, that's the question is Dallas will have to make it worth his while to sign for basically like, cause he's 14. He may have just turned 15. Like I think recently, if not, he's very close to it. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about two and a half years, basically that you're going to have to pay him a good amount of money if you want him past his 18th birthday. So that's the big dilemma. So that would be the one Dallas kid to watch in the yep. tournament. If you were to, if somebody came to you and said, Hey buzz, if I really just want to go catch one game of one FC Dallas Academy team, which one would it be? Uh, go see the 17s, the U17s play, um, and you can pick anyone they're going to play. That's the most deep um, individual roster in the Cup. That that has kids like uh, Knight Pickering, who was just called up to the FC Dallas first team. It has Jordan Jones, who was a U17 national team player at 15. There's a whole bunch of talent in that particular team. And just pick anybody they play. You know That, that team is going to be way better than anyone they face. Um, if you want any given game at all, and I want to get away from the girls' side, go watch Solar's um, top tier team. Their Solar's girls nineteen team is probably the best girls team I've ever seen. That that team will rival. I think it's the nineteen team. I, I should double check that, um, but I'm pretty sure it's the nineteens because they got multiple national team players on that team. That team's as good as say the Dallas Texans Red, who won the Dallas Cup, as good mm. as Paxton's team that won the Dallas cup. I mean, that's a legitimate team for the ages that solar girls. I'm pretty sure it's the 19. So um, those are the ones I would recommend to go watch if you're interested. Okay. Well, Dallas cup runs through Easter weekend. Uh, my co-host of the kick round, Andy Swift is the executive director. And I can tell you uh, though that team of people have been putting in Herculean heroic efforts uh, to try to get this tournament back up and running after having to cancel it last year, obviously due to COVID, uh, and, and, and this time next year, assuming travel restrictions are gone and people can travel internationally, uh, not only will it be the preeminent boys tournament in the United States, it'll start to rival to be the most, uh, preeminent girls, uh, tournament in the United States and globally as well. So, uh, please take some moments, go to find out, go to the website, go check out a game or two. Uh, trust me, you're doing yourself a favor. Now, I don't want to spend too much time whining and complaining about the fact that for reasons I still don't understand, FC Dallas is making it near impossible to cover this team uh, at this really critical juncture of the beginning of the season. But there was some FC Dallas action, some scrimmages this week. We've seen some bits and pieces about lineups and video. Uh, what is this, What is what is it at this point we need to know uh, from uh, what's happened this week in training? Yeah, the two most important things. Well, it, it's it's key at this part of the season to understand that Lucci's doing a lot of um, flip flopping of pieces and parts, you know, in order to try and make uh, sort of more ba- a little bit more balanced kind of teams. When you're facing somebody who's worse than you, you know, you don't want to put out your hundred percent 
first team and just crush somebody. So you're kind of getting a little bit of a mix up. You're getting guys trying in different positions. But the key things to look for is that so far, Ryan Hollingshead has been the right back choice. Now, we, we've talked over the winter about the fact that Lucci is, tends to be more conservative defensively. And, and we conjectured, uh, I'm including all of us, I think, in this, that Brisson might get the early run at right back this year. Well, it turns out that that's going to be Hollingshead, it looks like. We, we've got some time to go hmm. over the course of this preseason, of course. But right now, Hollingshead's played right back twice. And then and the two occasions he has done that, one time, the first game, Nelson started at left back. And the second time, Munjoma started at left back. Now, if you find that confusing, Munjoma played left back in the academy because they had Reggie Cannon on the right. And then when Munjoma went to SMU, he played on the right. So Munjoma's pretty flexible. Lucci loves that. I don't love it so much, but Lucci loves it. And so he's trying Munjoma on the left too. My gut instinct right now is that Nelson is ahead of him because we all think Nelson's the best defensive outside back on this team and he's capable of being an MLS starter. So it looks like if the if the season was starting tomorrow, Hollingshead would be your right back and Nelson would be your left back. Let's watch how that plays out over the next three weeks. That's the key, that's the biggest question mark. You know, Hedges has been with Martinez once and Brisson once. We all bet that it'll be Martinez in the end. The midfield's pretty much a lock. You know that Santos, Ricarte, uh, Casa. That's going to be. But the front line is where there's a lot of chaos. It's hard to even tell for sure what Lucci's thinking because we've seen Pepe start. We've seen Horace start at nine. We've seen Obreon on one side. We've seen uh, uh, Khalil Edmakur on the other and vice versa. We've seen Academy guys playing. Uh, Nelson, uh, not Nelson, excuse me, Vargas, the new Vargas kid looks really good and it's a great moment. So we've seen him play wing and we've seen him play as an eight. So it's like, it seems like Lucci's looking for options up front. So those are the two biggest things. Will Hollingshead keep the right back spot? And then what's going to win out in the front three? Because right now it's all over the place looking for answers. So uh, here's my uh, concern about all of this. And, and it does beg me to wonder just how confident Lucci is that he has a solution at right back. Because I, I seem to recall Brisson being terrible at right back. And for as much love as I have for Ryan Hollingshead, the worst position that we historically, and I think this has been documented uh, on videotape many times, whenever he's been asked to play on the right, he's really looked lost and, and struggled in that position. Uh, and and that really surprises me. Or is that is this one of those deals where maybe Ryan's the type of guy, if you just let him do it repeatedly over the course of time, he'll pick up the kind of form he has on the left? Is that what they're shooting for here? I think that's what Lucci believes. You know, Lucci has a great deal of faith in Ryan, but Ryan has said flat out that it's been so long since he's played over there that he's not as comfortable there anymore. But um, uh, Imitu Amasi's banged up, and I, I think Munjom is not quite ready to start an MLS. So if you're going to, and the, the other player that's playing right back right now is Colin Smith, who's the Academy U19. He played left, he played right wing with North Texas last year. But I don't, I don't think that kid belongs in MLS as a striker. And so they're obviously experiment, him, experimenting hmm. with him at right back, like Reynolds or, or Reggie, who are all both converted attackers. So right now, it looks like Hollingshead is really the only thing Lucci has going in terms of a right back option. So um, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like he's going to have to, if he can't find anything else, he's going to be stuck with Hollingshead in a way at right back, which is not where we thought we were going to be. I was expecting Emma to Amasi be getting all these games and then he's not even playing at all, you know, and I hear he's hurt. So um, that's the biggest conundrum of the, of camp. Now, uh, Andre Zanata did say last week that they have signed a wing. 
Um, and they haven't said what his name is. It's just the paperwork's not done yet. I did notice that they are actually already full on internationals. So if it's an international player, they're going to have to put somebody sort of out to pasture with North Texas, or they're going to have to trade for another spot, or maybe it's a domestic wing. So it's clear that even up front, they're still trying to solve things and they do have multiple open roster spots. So worst case scenario, they could pull the trigger on somebody for right back if they really feel they need it. So again, right back's the question, man. We got to see. It's going to be an interesting two or three weeks until the season gets going. See what happens in that spot. Yeah, and I will tell you that seeing the news that they signed another wing player did raise a little bit of alarm with me because one of the ongoing storylines that I think most any good, solid FC Dallas fan has been keeping tabs on is the situation with Paxton Pomacall. And I and I did wonder when I saw the news that they signed another wing was when you add in the fact that Paxton has yet to play in any of these scrimmages, despite the fact that they keep telling us he's 100% or was up to a certain point, is the signing of another wing any indication that they may be worried that Paxton's situation may be longer, slow roll than they were prepared for? Well, he definitely had a setback. Um, but when you look at like even past Paxton, I mean, that, that's for sure a concern if you're bringing him along slowly. Like I, I had thought that they were going to get another wing even before we knew he had a setback. Just because you look at who they've been rolling out in training, they got Obreon on the right. But then it's been Redzik, who's an academy player, and Seeley, who's uh, just 18, and, and, and El Medkur, who's a guy right out of college who we like the look of him. But when was the last time Dallas signed a college kid who walked in and started? I mean, it's been 15 years, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't... Did Hedges start his no, rookie year? No. At the end of his rookie year, he got a couple of games, but he was huh. not a starter as a rookie. You know, that is super rare these days. You know, now Vargas looks nice, um, but even then, that's only two maybe. That's a one and a half maybe. And and by and we'll get to this later. I have something to add on Obreon that makes me nervous already. So it's like they're definitely obviously have gotten a wing, which helps you know, that mix. And it's clear. That's just another indication that up front, they have no idea right now. They're searching for answers. Definitely. I mean, you know, this obviously Lucci likes to talk flexibility and he does have Pepe. He can put out there. Hey, Seuss will come back who he can put out there. But those are two guys I want to beat out Frank O'Hara for the nine spot, not play on the wing. So I'm again, you know, there's a lot of, they've rolled the dice big time on the front line. And it's going to be real fascinating to watch that play out over the course of, uh, you know, forget just spring training over the early part of the season. Now, I'm sorry if you said this already and I just uh, uh, brain farted, didn't hear it. Do we have any information on who this winger is that they signed or his no. pedigree? Or, okay, we don't know anything. We don't no. even, do we even know a name? No, I got nothing. And we don't even know if he's domestic international. We really just, you know, they've said there's a guy and we don't, you know. So who? So who's confirmed that they signed somebody? Did the club say they signed somebody? Uh, Andre Zanata did. Yeah. On wow, another podcast. Yeah. yeah. Very strange. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll keep going there. Uh, so I guess the question is, uh, are you are you worried about Paxton at all? Um, I'm not any more worried than I wasn't already because this kind of setback, uh, we don't know anything specifics about the setback that he had. But these are the, I'm assuming that this is the kind of setback that we were all expecting to happen. You know, when you have a surgery, particularly in a, in a part of your body that has a lot of motion, there's going to be a, a point at which some scar tissue pops or slides 
or something. It happens all the time. If you have a hernia operation, you can expect it to happen after mm-hmm. you come back. There'll be this hit and you'll have to sit out a little bit. So I'm not at all surprised that there's been a setback, as Lucci called it. We have no idea how much. He hasn't played in a single game. Does not surprise me at all. This is honestly what we've been talking about all winter when to, for everybody to temper their expectations, even when the club is trumpeting. And it's a huge disservice to Paxson in my mind. They're trumpeting that he's 100% and taking part 100%. Because you knew there was something was going to happen. You knew they yeah. were bringing him along. So Lucci tried to slow roll that. He was like, oh, we're going to be really careful with him. Lucci said that. He knew. So it's, it's, this is exactly what we all should have been expecting, you know, as long as it really is just an expected setback. Now, if something else happened, that would worry me. But as far as we know, the details that we do know, I am not at all concerned beyond what I was just from the he had the surgery six months ago. I mean, I'm not more concerned than I was already. <laughs> All right. Uh, here under the run sheet, under injury, you also have two Amasi. You mentioned it earlier. Do we have any sense if this is just like a, a minimal issue or is there something more worrying? Uh, the, the worrying part is that he has not appeared in quite some time in a couple of weeks in any training pictures or training video or any of the lineups. So I don't have any specific information other than he's vanished and I hear he's hurt. So I, I, I've tried to dig around. And I have I don't have anything on him yet. I, I do okay. have one more that I. You'll well, I know that's there. Yeah, yeah. So this is the one that's uh high. There's like a giant red Sharpie marker circling this. And uh, it says Huntsman dump. Now, if you're a regular listener of third degree of the pod, I know this sounds abs- kind of graphic, but this is Buzz's big thing. The Huntsman dump, which you now actually have made a T-shirt for yeah. with the with the poop emoji. And I love it. Uh, yeah. I, but this also comes under the heading of injury, so I'm a little worried about the news you're about to tell me. Yeah, uh, this one bumps me out big time. Uh, Thomas Roberts. <gasps> yeah, Thomas Roberts. Thomas what's, Roberts. What's yeah. wrong with Tommy Poo? Um, Thomas Roberts is going to be wearing a boot for four to six weeks. This oh. is a relatively major injury. Um, I don't know what it's called. What I understand was they originally thought it might be Achilles related, but apparently it has something to do with how the Achilles attaches to something up the back of the leg towards the knee. So it sounds vaguely tendonish to me. I'm not hundred percent sure, but he basically is going to be, they have a good diagnosis on it. They just, I don't know. No one's told me what it's called, you know, so he's going to be in a boot four to six weeks, which means once he's out of the boot, then he'll have to start rehabbing and training, you know, so we're, Thomas is going to be out for a fair bit. I mean, uh, that's not official of course, but you know, um, I feel really bad because I was hearing some really great things about what he was doing. I loved the mentality I was seeing out of him. You know, it's a real bummer for the kid. Yeah, that is a bummer. And uh, by the way, Buzz, I know what it's called because if it happened to Tommy Poo, they're they're called ouchies. Ouchies. Yeah. Um, So Tommy Poo has an ouchie and we're all super bummed out about it. So uh, get well, Tommy Poo. Hmm. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll, uh, that's a very good, that's, that's an awful stinky huntsman dump buzz, but yeah. uh, thank you for your, for doing that. All right. Uh, then the club and, uh, North. So there's a signing that's happened that you seem super excited about because this is actually pretty significant in terms of the path, uh, it's happened. Yeah. Well, I've seen Dallas finally signed Nikki Hernandez, who was their number one draft pick. And the reason it's important uh, is because in my opinion, it's the first player that is that came out of college early. They sign if you uh, if you pay attention to North Texas, you'll know that Dallas used a mechanic to sign him before he was ready to graduate. So they circumvented the draft in a way, and you will. And they snapped up a player who needed some development, and so he signed with North Texas. 
and he developed. And then at the end of last season, I suggested that he might have a good shot to make the team this year, the FC Dallas team, and that has proven to be true. So in my book, this is the first player, because Pepe doesn't count, because Pepe was always going to be a homegrown. So this is the first player that has signed with the development club, developed, and then signed with the first team. So I think it's a good step organizationally to show the pipeline is working. My only problem with it is he's wearing number 80. So I'm not. <laughs> I saw that, and I instantly recognized the fact that Buzz is now going to ignore yeah. and spur him, spur uh, him for his career, and uh, secretly well, wish awful things on Nikki. Yeah, I mean, he wants to wear number eight. So I mean, when you do that, and the eight's taken, then maybe you go for eighty-eight, not eighty. But that's why he picked eighty. So he's eighty. You know, it drives me crazy. I hate it, but I mean, I get it. He wants to be eighty. What am I going to do? Just get off my lawn. <laughs> I can't. Like, if I could make a rule, I'd make a rule that, like, if you have a thirty-man roster, the numbers are one to thirty. That's how I feel I about it. I know. I know you're. Very, I'm an old man. You're very, very particular about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I understand. Okay, so we've established uh, that there has been game action with FC Dallas over the last week or so. Uh, have they played two games at this point, or just yeah. one? Uh, they yeah. played an inter-squad scrimmage and then two games. And two games. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping that your little birdies, as uh, they used to say on Game of Thrones, have been feeding you some information since we're not allowed to watch it. Yeah. Well, you'll get to see the, new, the ones coming up. That'll be good. Well, I got I got another report that Jose Martinez is the man. Um, this one from when he was playing in the last game with Hedges as the starting. The Spanish center back. Yeah, Spanish center back, left center back, that he was – Phenomenal again. So that's two straight games. I've gotten a report that that's the case. Um, everyone I've talked to. Sorry. Does anybody tell you anything in particular about what makes him good? Is it? Is yeah. It is okay. Uh, leadership and, and um, communication, game reading, mm. professionalism, um, likability. Everyone just loves him, and just a really high level quality all around game. Good passing, good feet. Just like you know in the neighborhood of hedges in terms of ability was what I've heard. And then on top of it, great leadership and great guy, you know, already working with young guys, helping guys with their Spanish, you know, things like that. So just phenomenal, you know, captain material. Somebody told me, I don't think he'll be captain, but that kind of player, that kind of guy. So that's, that's an awesome signing. Well, you know, as much as we love Matt, his one uh, kind of uh, nick on his resume is the fact that he's just not a big communicator. Uh, and if they had a center back equal to Matt in terms of skill and also was vocal and kind of, man, you know, directing yeah. everybody, that would be a huge upgrade for this uh, defense. Yeah, and that's one thing I hear about him is that he is very talkative and communicative. And uh, I mean, I'm assuming at this point probably that Hollingshead will be your captain. Um, I think there's a good chance at that, but, um, you know, if it, I'd be happy for it to be hedges, um, Martinez to walk in and be captain. I wouldn't love so much. I mean, I'd rather at this point go with Chago Santos, you know, if I'm, if it's not going to be hedges or Hollingshead, that's who I'd go with. But do we know if uh, Martinez speaks English? Uh, he speaks some level of English. There was the uh, SC Dallas posted an interview with him where he did some of it in English. You know, yeah. it's not, he's been Apparently he's been working on it for like a year since he's known he was coming here or something. Mm, so okay. um, good on him. Um, the other reports, however, I've gotten the bad one is uh, Hader Obreon or Darth Jader. Mm-hmm. Apparently I've gotten a, a second game now where he's been not that great. Um, you know, I don't, I haven't seen him myself. I hate to judge people that I haven't personally seen, but what I hear is that he's struggling to find whatever the team, the game, the play, you know, that he's got quote, a long way to go. 
You know, this is a guy that bloomed late. You know, he is a verticality type player. Maybe everyone's not fit. Maybe he's not fit. I mean, I can think of lots of reasons why maybe it's not clicking yet. Um, so I'm just not, you know, Dallas doesn't necessarily hit on all these signings, right? So you can't assume that all so far, all three signings are going to bang. You know, the chances that all three will go off are long. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm worried about that one a little bit. I'm going to wait. Uh, I, you know, Cobra was trash <laughs> early too, and, and eight months later was fine. So maybe in eight months, the scout will be great. Uh, fine? Well, fine. Yeah, fine. He's not about great. Better. He was okay. better. He was fine. He was okay. <laughs> he was better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other one that actually was positive is Vargas. I've actually heard multiple people say, uh, you know, lots of skill, huge potential. He scored a banger of a free kick the other day. He actually they played him as an eight. And apparently he was a little lost as an eight, which is understandable because that was where Thomas was missing. So they stuck him in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so he was a little lost in that. There's even a, in the clip of highlights, you can even see him, the coaches explaining, no, no, two, one, you're going to be here and like trying to show him where he's going to be. Um, I don't think that's a long-term solution, you know, in a way that her, Nikki Hernandez is in that same spot, you know, guys that are gone or t- Tanner's in that spot, you know, so not likely Vargas is going to play there. More likely he's going to be that false sort of wing and then come inside kind of 10 like he likes to be. So that he's looking really positive. Although again, these are very early, early spy reports. So now uh, they do play tomorrow against San Antonio. Is this part of that La Copa Copita Copa? I don't know what it's called, but uh, is that the tournament thing that they're doing? And that will be on Facebook live. Uh, The San Antonio is actually streaming it. Correct. Yeah. San Antonio is streaming it for sure. I didn't bother to look if Dallas was also, I think they must be because I saw a couple of the social guys talking about they're going to do the commentary on, I, I don't know which game they were talking about. Maybe it's this one this weekend. So either way, there's a stream of it available for sure. So you'll be able to see the team finally, which will be really nice. I'm excited. I'll be able to, hopefully I can watch it um, before I go down to the Cotton Bowl to work the Club America game. But um, well, well, don't forget you're doing an, the second hour of the kick around this weekend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it later when we're done. And I, I was planning on coming down there. So, okay. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. So the other thing that's happened this week is that we got a we got a face full of FC Dallas on the global scale because the U twenty threes finished up their group stage play uh, for the Olympic qualifying, and by and large, kind of went as we expected. We I, were you as surprised as I was that Jason Christ put Jesus Freya back out on the field at the end of that game against Mexico, knowing that he couldn't afford to get a second yellow. My thinking on that must have been that they just wanted to get Jesus, you know, 30 minutes of run out. And they, they had to give him the instructions of if you get anywhere near anybody, we're yanking you back off or whatever, because it would have been a massive blow. Because if you watch those games, Jesus is by far the most skilled player in that team, um, in my opinion. And I don't mean like game impact. I mean, just watch him move and watch the ball come into his feet. He's the one that plays at the level of the A team you know, of that, mm-hmm. of that group, you know, as a member of the senior team, not just the 23. So um, it, it, I'm not totally surprised they did that. I, I was a little, I thought, boy, I, I don't know if I would have done it, but that's what I could come up with. Maybe they just wanted to keep him active and get him, you know, a taste of the game or something, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have much to say. The, the games for the U S 23s have been uh, pretty much underwhelming for me. Um, they yeah. look I, but again, it's, it's a, it's kind of a, they're kind of a victim of circumstance. They're, they're playing a, a real B minus C plus group of guys. Cause that's who they're limited to have access to. 
Uh, and it probably says a lot that that level of team was able to uh, play as well against a very good Mexico side in Mexico and come out with only a 1-0 loss. So, uh, and, and I, and it, by all accounts, you know, they play Honduras on Sunday uh, and they'll hopefully get revenge and qualify for the Olympics. And then that kind of sets up, I would assume, a final against Mexico for a game that doesn't mean anything other than yeah. the fact that it's a U.S.-Mexico game. And uh, you can throw out a good lineup and, and, and see where it goes from there. Yeah, technically, I suppose it's a CONCACAF qualifying championship or something, but all that matters is this next one. Well, yeah. the, the fun, I'm with you. The really lethargic games are not good. Uh, Jesus really stood out and looks good. I, I was glad to see Tanner get a taste of stuff. I mean, that's good for his future. Um, the, the real takeaway for me is, is, is the fun of sitting down and, and trying to work out for yourself like a real legit first line U23 team. And honestly, it's almost the senior national team at this point. It really, it is. really is. Other than it's- the center backs. It pretty much is, you know, and so you plug in a Richards and you plug in a, I don't know how old Miazga. I mean, I don't even know, but it's re- absolutely ridiculous how good our 23 team would be. I mean, legitimate shot to win the Olympics. If you yeah. could field that team, especially because you get, you still get three overages. I don't know, stick Stefan yeah. and goal, you know, stick in Brooks at center back with Richards. And then I don't know something, one other thing. I mean, it just would be that lineup would just be, legitimately the senior national team playing in the Olympics, it would be so much fun. Yeah. I do think that the reality is, is that because of all the other international call-ups that clubs will be forced to uh, uh, recognize, they will be less likely to let these key players, the Weston McKinney's and Christian Pulisic's and those guys Mm. and Tyler Adams and those guys go for Olympic games that they're not required to. I, I, I do unfortunately think that that's if, if assuming the U S qualifies for the Olympics, I, I, I just don't. I would be really shocked if those, if even the bulk of them, maybe one, maybe two, but it's not going to be the big names. The only way Christian Pulisic, I think, gets let go uh, and allowed by Chelsea is if his form or his particular place in the team has really kind of been stuck where it is right now, uh, and they're not counting yeah. on him. Um, you know, they're just kind of throwing him in, try to, to sell to, him, to eat up, to, yeah, and, yeah, and use this as an opportunity him. to showcase him and sell him. Now, the other thing that happened this week was that we finally got to watch the U.S. Men's national team, the return of aforementioned Mr. Polisic, uh, who had not played with them since I couldn't believe this since 2019, which was ridiculous. And they played a uh, an interesting Jamaica lineup over in Europe. Now this was essentially almost all European players, minus a couple too. And I want to take a minute to highlight one particular person who. Man, this means so much to me, and it made me so happy to see this. This was, without question, the best performance I have seen out of Kellen Acosta since arguably, I don't know, 2016, 2017, whatever that time frame is prior to him joining the national team for the Gold Cup, which really started his downward spiral. But boy, that guy looked exactly like I last remembered him going around Boston games. I thought he was solid for most of the game. Uh, and man, Colorado's really got them a player. If West, if uh, Kellen Acosta has found a return to form, yeah, so, so, sort of a different role too, right? Then he plays with Colorado. They use him sort of as a deeper six. I thought kind of a true six. Yeah, yeah that yeah. that was fun. I mean, you know, Acosta can bring. He always has been not like a hard hitter, but he's always been really good about where to be defensively. You know, and you combine that with his above average for that position, certainly passing and game reading. And that honestly might be his future with the national team. It's, it looked pretty damn good. And I also really liked Dest on the left, of course, because then you get the absolutely phenomenal fun as an FC Dallas fan of two years of Cannon versus Reynolds to see who's going to start in the World yeah. Cup 
with if you play Nest on the other side. So um, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff happening with the national team. In particular, it's awesome to see if you include Jesus, there's six guys in the team currently that are FC Dallas products. Reggie Cannon, uh, uh, Acosta, Chris Richards, Chris Kappas, Brian Reynolds, and Jesus. That's six. And then we all know that maybe Paxson's in there someday and Tanner's well, close. About Tanner, yeah. Yeah, Brandon Savania at one point was in there. Evan Surreal at one point was in there. I mean, it's just, that's so much fun as a fan of this club to see this. When RSL had their five guys in the 23s or whatever, and Dallas is going to turn around and I have six at the first team, it's going to be fun. Yeah, so. I I jokingly tweeted, I wonder if, if Kellen's back to playing this way, if there was any chance Dallas could trade Acostas <laughs> with Colorado and uh, work that deal out and get Kellen back here uh, wearing the proper colors because – yeah, I could. I would love to see Kellen in that midfield uh, in Frisco again if he's if he really is playing that way. I, that, I was really again. I know the Jamaican team wasn't you know uh, uh, that be- a great lineup or anything, but uh, Kellen just had a level of sharpness and pace and kind of spirit that we haven't seen in his game in some time. And man, it just made me so happy to see that out of him again. Yeah, and more than likely he won't be in the actual World Cup team, but if he can be a key part of the progression through qualifying, yeah. that'll be great for him. And and maybe he can squeeze his way into the World Cup team. That'd be something. Or, or you even you know, Gold Cup team, Nations yeah. Cup, Nations League team. You know, he made he could be an impactfully good addition to that squad and 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 help them win things that just aren't the World Cup. That would be of value. Yeah, um, uh, and that would be man. I I I would I'm just positive that. Uh, 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 Oscar Perea was just watching that smiling from ear to ear oh, yeah. on Thursday, on Wednesday. Um, yeah, that was great. Now, I, uh, I that said, I didn't think Reggie played very well. I, Reggie looked a little dodgy. Uh, not terrible, not bad, but if I was to give him a grade, he'd be closer to a four and a half five versus uh, what I thought Kellen had a six and a half seven of a game. Yeah, a little nervous, wasn't he? I think maybe a little. Uh, you know, I, I think his season at Boa Vista has not gone quite like he wanted. So he probably is feeling a lot of pressure to really make a good showing, you know, and he's, he's in training now competing against Reynolds in training. And so he probably can feel that pressure again. And, and he knows Reynolds is at a big team like Roma and he knows Dest is at Barca and man, I better bring it when I'm here. And then, so then he starts to press a little and, and we all know Reggie's better when he's free and happy and feeling good. You know, I, I want all these XFC Dallas guys to do great. You know, I want them all to succeed and that includes Reggie and, and I hope he can get his club situation to come better for him or, or move one or the other, you know, and I hope that he can be right there with Reynolds and see them both play in the World Cup. That would be so much fun as an FC Dallas fan to have both these guys in there. Well, it was fun to watch the U.S. play as well as they did against Jamaica. I, I do think uh, this is really a, one of the more fascinating times uh, in this nation's soccer history with all of the talent that's available. Uh do they have the coaching and all the other intangibles in place to actually turn this into a, a team with any kind of real potential to win anything? That part I don't know, but at least you go into it thinking, well, you know, based on the guys we have, we should at least have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that uh, game against Jamaica uh, didn't look bad. It looked pretty good, if you ask me. Lots to lots to enjoy. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Anything else that we need to cover uh, today, Buzz? Before we uh, end this shortened edition of the podcast. Yeah, it's it's relatively short these days because we can't quite watch as much. I, I have one thing. Um, th- this is a North Texas thing, and I think this is fantastic. Is that they this week they signed two players that you will have never heard of. 
because they're from Abilene and from San Antonio and from playing like one played at Abilene high school and they played for like some team San Antonio I'd never even heard of. And the reason it's important is because they spotted these two kids at their open tryout, which really? when was the last time that has ever worked? And that, cause they came out of that open um, tryout and they 1996 invited, yeah. or seven, I would guess. I mean, they invited four guys from that tryout to North Texas training camp and now they've signed two of them. So, really? I mean, that's some crazy scouting fine. I mean, even if they don't pan, pan out, just the fact that they were good enough to get a contract, that's some awesome, uh, you know, local diving, digging. I mean, that's what this thing is for, right? North Texas is to try and dig out these guys that somehow have missed the boat in terms of academy or club play through lack of funds or lack of where they live, you know, or guys that have missed out on a college boat. I mean, these guys are both young, so they, I don't think they're even up for college yet, but um, I just think that I mean, it doesn't even matter who they are and whether they even pan out. I just think it's so awesome that that kind of thing happened, that some two du- two dudes from an open tryout signed contracts. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and for those who are listening, why don't you just explain uh, why uh, the fact this is happening at an open tryout is unusual? Well, you know, they, they have these open tryouts. Lots of teams do, and a lot of times you have to pay to even try out. You know, in Dallas, will North Texas, through North Texas Soccer Club, they'll invite people to come. But usually it's like it's guys that have that play for like, um, you know, NTPSA, which, you know, God bless NTPSA. It's like you and me trying out, you know, a lot of times. Well, kind of, back when we were 20 or yeah, 21. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Not now. <laughs> that would be crazy. And it no. would be the, and by the way, Buzz, it would be the DSA nowadays, not NTPSA. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's I, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm clearly not in the loop on that. <laughs> But it ranges from like literally, like literally one of the social media guys took part as a bit, you know, so it, it'll be guys from high school teams. It'll be guys that have been hanging onto a dream for like 10 years and have a couple of kids. You know, sometimes they're just absolute barn burning awful. And for one of them to actually pay off enough to have four guys get invited to camp was just nuts because if you've ever, you guys won't know this if you've never watched Eric Quill run training, you can kind of get a taste for it on the sideline. He is super demanding about training. Like, if, and this is true of the first team too, but it would never happen in the first team because you can't even get there. Like, if you come into a training camp, it, it, whether you're a trialist for FC Dallas or a trialist for North Texas, if you can't handle the level of what they're doing in training, they will sit your butt on the side and just, you know, no thanks, dude. So for them to invite four guys from open training, that was crazy enough from open tryout. And then for two of them to be legitimately be good enough to sign is just, to me, is mind-blowing. It's right up there with Hope Kodzo, whose other last name I can't remember, who was the kid they spotted playing at the Dallas Cup uh, two years ago when he was 16, and they invited him. And he, and he trained with North Texas and FC Dallas both for like six months as, a, as like a 16-year-old, along with two other guys, one of whom blew his knee out, which is terrible, sorry. But that kid was so good that they, that they let him go home for a year during all the COVID stuff, waited in return for 18, and then they signed him and brought him back. So these kind of hidden guys, these little diamonds in the rough, these scouting moments are, to me, are just like signing a guy from SMU. That's obvious. Everyone, the guys are on TV all the time. That's easy. Sign them. Just some random kid from Abilene high school. Yeah. Yeah. And just as a side note, just so everybody that's listening understands when buzz says people pay the reason why 
they ask you to pay is because they don't want everybody just showing up for a free open tryout. Because if it's free, everybody and their mom will show up. If you ask, if you say no, it's going to cost you seventy five bucks to do this. Yeah, you know you're getting people who are really serious about this. They believe in themselves enough to put up the seventy five bucks, and they're not screwing around and they're going to give it a shot. So that's the that's kind yeah. of the premise behind that. Yeah, and Dallas is pretty particular. Like you have to apply and then be invited. You can't just like show up and pay your 50 bucks. You know, you have to be, they have to see some sort of resume or play to make you think like they don't want a 27 year old guy. I mean, no offense to somebody 27. So like if you're not like 16 to 21, they don't care, you know, or if you're not playing for some level they've at least heard of, or if you don't have somebody maybe recommending you, you know, and for some way or another, they got a recommendation or something on these kids that, I mean, to play for Abilene High School and that's it, no club or no nothing, and be like, yeah, you've signed up that for a contract. That is crazy, that's, by the way. That is un, that's, un, that's mind-boggling. So we don't know any names or, or oh, yeah. ages or positions or anything like that, or we do? We do. I just wasn't going to dive into it too deep. Oh, okay. I, I'll All just right. look it up real quick. The kid from Abilene is a midfielder. His name is uh, Bernard Camungo. He's um, from Tanzania. Came to Abilene when he was 14. Uh, and how does somebody came, from Tanzania end up in Abilene? I, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, what a story this is. With That's got to be an interesting story. Yeah, like and everybody else, they would say, "Oh, he played for this and that club or whatever." Nope, Abilene High School. Hmm. They gave him the number seven jersey, which ought to tell you something. I mean, that's that's crazy, right? I mean, and the other kid is um, uh, Mikey Maldonado, who played for uh, let's see, I think it's San Antonio something. Um, San Antonio Surf Soccer Club. Have you ever heard of San Antonio Surf Soccer Club? <laughs> well, I think Surf is a national uh, br- uh, club. That sure, has, San like, Diego Surf all- is. Yeah. Well, I wonder if if San Antonio is like an affiliate of San Diego Surf. I mean, possibly, but then that would be like signing from straight out of like FC Dallas, you know, uh, yeah. Tyler or something. I mean, there is an FC Dallas West Texas and El Paso nice. and Rio Grande Valley and stuff. It's like, but you don't jump. Usually you come through the academy first. You don't sign straight from there. And that kid's a defender uh, by Trey, but apparently he played as a six um, in their game against Tulsa and was really great, like cleaning up everything and really calm and really held the team together was the report I got. So, you know, I mean, some, again, you know, it's just to just find these kind of diamonds to me, given the where ML like in 1996, like this kind of guy, like they, they, they signed guys from like the end from the sidekicks or they signed guys that had played, semi-pro i mean that was 1996 not now you know this kind of thing now is crazy so granted there's north texas it's what it's for you know that's why mm-hmm. it's so awesome i just love it it's going to make covering that team fascinating i love this kind of thing if we ever get to cover teams well we can sit in the press box we just can't go to practice <laughs> <laughs> hey i got a, a quick uh kit nerd question for you yeah. buzz earlier today you tweeted out well i got two things uh first is you tweeted out an image of a Colorado player on his uh, certified Twitter account, a picture, I don't even know the player who he is, uh, wearing the new mint green, or I don't even know if mint's the right word for it, but the yeah. very light green new away Rapids jersey, and it doesn't have a sponsor logo. Is Colorado running without a sponsor this year? Uh, I don't know about the sponsor part, but I do know that we had heard before they were going with a throwback 96 color scheme which is why okay. this white and green i mean they were up for a new white one so it's got green highlights you know yeah it's not a throwback because they didn't wear that color in, in no they were green yeah but that's that's okay that's that's like saying dallas wore uh, you could wear make dallas wear pink shirts and that's a throwback to 96 <laughs> well no i mean it's the rapid green was close i mean it's not, i didn't think it was that it far was, off 
I think it was more of a Kelly green, and this is a very, very light pastel oh, green, at least okay. in the image I saw. Anyway. Yeah, maybe it's a bad uh, image. <laughs> now, the other thing that this was my favorite thing this week that took place. You tweeted an image that I don't even know where you got it, but it was an image of the new Seattle away shirt that is this weirdo uh, purple, dark, dark yeah. purple, and almost like black thing uh and it was just the image there was no context no nothing with it just the image and i i don't think i'm exaggerating to say it was universally panned when it was just the image and then a day later seattle because it was a leak i guess it had been put up on an mls site and somebody accidentally you you know put it up somewhere and somebody found it then 24 hours later seattle officially announces it and but does it attached with all of the Jimi Hendrix association and Jimi Hendrix music that is actually what the shirt is tied to and is part of the background story. And now that exact same image is universally loved. <laughs> well, you know where I found that? The Third Degree Discord, patreon.com slash third degree. You should sign up. Uh, that's seriously. Where, is that where from. you got the shirt? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's where oh, wow. somebody else and posted your... it. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the MLS, that's an official MLS image from their store that somehow went up accidentally early. And I don't know how the person got it posted in our Discord, but then I took it and posted it, and then it went semi-viral, a little bit viral. But um, the fun part was it triggered everybody else joking about what BAM was going to be there. You know, and people were making fun, like making jokes about like Vancouver was going to be, you know, Nickelback or something, you know. And uh, and I, I, I said something about Dallas being Steve Ray Vaughan would be the one that I would want, but you could go with Erica Badu or you could go with... I don't know. Eve I don't know what. Drowning Pool, I guess they're from Dallas. Well, no, I I tweeted out an image. I found I went out and found an image of Stevie Ray in a red shirt, a classic yeah. image from one of his album covers. And I thought, well, there would be one if just Stevie Ray. But again, my only point is, is that it's funny how everybody hates something until you actually get all the context mm-hmm. and the story behind it yeah. and all the proper brand. See, this is why you and I and, and Dan talk about branding and marketing because that's that's the importance of stuff like that you just throw an image out and everybody goes oh my god that's the ugliest thing i've ever seen and then you go well wait a second dude it's Jimi hendrix and there's actually a hendrix signature at the bottom and and all of this purple haze stuff and everybody's like oh dude that's awesome because that's the power of branding and marketing right that's that's what we talk about all the time it's context it's storytelling you know that we how long have we been talking about the idea that if you could embrace uh, the local kid angle with Paxton, you know, and Jesus and really play that up, there's a big sellable item yeah. there. Yeah. You know, it, again, it's always about context with these, uh, you know, with these things. If you just drop them in vacuums, it's often just worthless, you know, and, and it, that was a great example. I mean, I, I agree that I don't think that color scheme really goes with the Seattle Sounders, but when you're talking about this alternate jersey, who cares, right? Alternate jerseys are fun. You can play around with, I mean, like the the FC Dallas going with the powder blue is a great example of that. I mean, so did everybody else, but, you know, it's a great example of playing around with different stuff. Awesome in the away jersey, who cares, right? Your primary jersey is the thing that has to be on brand. So uh, it's fun. It's good. You know, I, it'll be interesting to see if, because of Seattle doing this and because of the Philly one that's been really well received, will people start to play around more with their secondary jerseys and have fun with them? That you know, there's still a whole slate of white ones. What a novel concept. I know, right? Uh, okay. 
Well, um, we'll keep. I, I, I was. I wish Dan was here because Dan's the one that would be able to tell us if there's any remaining tw- uh, uh, MLS jerseys that have yet to be revealed or leaked. Oh, is there anybody's shirt? Oh, do you know who? Yeah, the one that's missing is the LAFC's new one. But we've seen that. That's the vanilla one, right? Yeah, but we haven't. That's the only one that hasn't been released. Everything else has been released officially. That's the only one left. Colorado ah, okay. was the last one. Toronto was near the end there. Um, basically that's you know, in Seattle. Those are the last three and there's only LAFC left. Okay. All right. Well, Buzz, thank you for all the insight. Excellent. Uh, if not uh, depressing Huntsman dump today. Uh, and Oh, by the way, I know uh, Buzz, you're going to want to say the same thing. If you're interested in a fresh new Huntsman t-shirt, they're on sale uh, until the end of the day today. I think today being Friday uh, and they're like 13 bucks. And I even now have the uh, powder blue t-shirt with the Huntsman in red, whole bunch of color combinations for those who want a Huntsman t-shirt. They still, they still exist. Yeah. And all of our stuff's on sale too. Um, the, the Huntsman Dub t-shirt, I brought back the one that's I call it third, three degree because it's the number three with a degree sign. Somebody said like they actually one. wanted yeah. I bought one and somebody else said they kind of wanted to. So I brought it back because it, it originally it wasn't very, uh, there wasn't a lot of interest in it, but I think it's kind of understated. So I bought one for myself. Um, and then of course, all our other stuff that we've had all along is on sale up there too. So um, okay. except for the Cobra, can't get the Cobra anymore. Uh, and Buzz, I'll let I'll get you to retweet my link to my Huntsman T-shirt, sure. so people don't have to go hunting for my Twitter account. Ooh. Yep, yep. All right, thanks, Buzz. Man, good stuff today. Excellent, excellent. Thank stuff. you, thank you. It's a good dump on the air. Yeah, don't. F- uh, third Degree of the Podcast is brought to you by Soccer 90. Don't forget to grab your new 2021 FC Dallas gear at Soccer90.com. The word soccer, the number 90.com. The new FCD Tiro pants, T-shirts, and the Powder Blue Community Kit, even with your name and number on it, are available now. And do not forget, because you listen to this podcast specifically, you get a special promo code. It's just Third Degree. And when you type that in, you get 25% off at check out that is super valuable and a sweet deal and yes it does apply to the new powder blue jersey as well thank you fc dallas curious fan we will speak to you next week hopefully with more great news on another edition of third degree the podcast thomas roberts get well third Yeah.